everybody, grab your Bible and a pencil and your journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on the conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Revelation chapter 21 verses 3 through 5. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on his throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Hey everyone, Merry Christmas and welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and we talk about scripture and truth every week together. And we are finishing up going through the Bible and we are talking about Revelation, which Revelation actually holds my favorite verse in the entire Bible. So we dive into this, I'm not going to lie, pretty difficult book in terms of there's a lot of things that are talked about in Revelation that go over my head. So but at the end of the day, there is hope. And I, I just, I really do. I love Revelation. And I love that you are here with us to join in on this conversation. So pull up a chair and listen in. Hey, Kara. Write this down. <laughs> Write this down. That you and God. Exactly. Yep. We knew this was from God. <laughs> we would not be doing it if we did not know That's that this sure. was from God. That is for that sure. That is for sure. But uh, um, here we are in Revelation. I know. It's you know, crazy. I got to say, when you mentioned back in January that we were going to basically go through the whole Bible on the podcast like we do in the reading, I was not mm-hmm. thrilled uh-huh. at the thought. Not like I didn't think it was a bad idea. I just was like, oh, that's an idea. Right. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. Not a good and one, but it's an idea. No, it was a good idea. I'm just saying yeah. I just was, yeah. It, uh, yeah. Um, I thought, wow, that's going to be a lot. But yeah, we did it. We're in Revelation now. You, you know, and we didn't do, you know, every chapter, every verse. Because right. well, we know, couldn't we, have. That'd be December 31st. And there's no way we could have done it in the first right. place. But... What I did love about what we, how we did it, was that we picked out, you know, maybe the verse or the chapters or you know some of the thoughts that were really important to us or grabbed a hold of our attention. I guess I would say, right, right. Uh, in each book of the Bible. So I, I did love that, and I, and loved hearing your thoughts. I, you know, because I some things that was, you know, like got my attention wasn't like got your attention. So I, I did right. love that. Yeah, and it's not yeah. Obviously, if you're if you've been in the converse, in our conversations listening, it's not like we dove deep into you know chapters or you know that sort of thing. But yeah, I actually I enjoyed it too. And mm-hmm. for anyone who has wondered where I'm at with my reading, I have not caught up, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not that far behind. I, yeah, I'm about mm-hmm. I'm a I'm like a week and a half behind. So that is a true mm-hmm. miracle. Christmas, I mean, it's a Christmas miracle. Seriously, so, we probably need to. We probably need to stop and have a moment of silence. Yeah. So uh, when I say, I, I feel I'm like a, the person that's listening to us is probably shouting, saying, "Praise the Lord!" She's yeah, not far. I will be caught up by the time we get to Revelation for sure. I I may be caught up by next week. Um, this is what actually I won't be caught up by next week. That's a lie because there's just we have a lot going on this week and next week. So. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure yeah. a lot of people, we are not the only ones. It seems like this 
season is very busy for everyone. Right in the middle of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but you know what? If you are listening to us and, and in on this conversation, and it's December, just remember that um, on December the 31st, we will have uh, completed our reading, chapter mm-hmm. to chapter, verse by verse, and we'll be sitting on the beach together. And Kara and I, it's one of our uh, favorite things. And we sit there on the beach and we read the last chapter. And mm-hmm. those verses that I read just a few minutes ago are your your favorite. And every single year, we've done this so many years, and every single year, I'm looking at you and you're reading it with tears stringing down your face. Even yeah. though you're reading, every tear will be wiped away, but right. it's, it's fine. And why do you love that so much? Well, I was about to say... And I do want to talk about other things in Revelation. This kind of feels like we're going backward mm-hmm. because it's the end of Revelation. And I want to right. touch on some other things in Revelation too. But I will say my favorite verse, like, and I know that I have throughout the year talked about, oh, I love Moses, love Exodus, I love David, I lo- you know, love this or that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You love those men. Yeah. <laughs> Godly men. Let me just say Right, that. right. Yeah, we've established uh, that. Um, mm-hmm. But my favorite verse in the entire Bible it is Revelation 21. It's verse three is actually my favorite. Mm-hmm. And it's the one that says, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and he will be his people. And I do love verse five too, saying, And he was, and he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. Also, he mm-hmm. said, Write this down, for the words are trustworthy and true. But verse three is the one that always makes me emotional. And it did. I didn't cry when you read it this morning, but I was like feeling it, like it made my heart, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of like that feeling in your heart where it just kind of swells and, I love it because we've read this entire story over the year, and it's like, I remember the first time I read it, like the first December 31st that we read it together, and it was this moment of like, this is why he did this. Like, this is why he wrote this whole story. Like, it is, Genesis 1 really does parallel Revelation 21, because Genesis 1, like this is the way he intended it. And then sin entered. And then it's this mm-hmm. big rescue mission that the Lord does for over thousands and thousands right. of years. He never gave up. This is always the intention. Like he did, it's like this moment of like, he did yeah. all of this. And he completed he, it. Yeah. Like he, he did fought mm-hmm. for me over, for thousands of years, he fought for mm-hmm. me and he never wavered. He never gave up. He never questioned it. He never, you know, none of that. And it was just, and it wasn't dependent upon you. Right. It wasn't dependent on you. It wasn't depending on the faithfulness of man. Yeah. Like he was just like, I'm going to, like, you're mine. I'm coming after you and I'm going to, I'm going to fight for you. Like, and I think after Mm -hmm. reading the whole story, you know, Bible, you know, cover to cover. Yeah. And I mean, he fought for us for over thousands of years, you know, like everything that he went through, you know, all the kings, all of the prophets, all, you know, everything Mm -hmm. that Jesus went through, you know, like the whole story. And it was just to dwell with us. Like, that's what it all boils down to. He Mm -hmm. did all of this to be with Mm us. Yeah. Like we were created to Mm -hmm. walk with the Lord hand in hand to dwell, Mm -hmm. like to dwell with us. And I don't think, and I know we have the Holy Spirit now, but... I don't think we like fully can comprehend but what to it's going to be like. face with him. Yeah. Literally like, be with him. So that's why it's my favorite because it just reminds me of like, this is the purpose. Like, this is our purpose. This is, and it mm-hmm. also reminds me of, I'm being fought for, you know, like I'm being 
pursued even when I don't feel like I'm being pursued. You know, even though I have accepted him as my savior, mm-hmm. he's still pursuing me because this is not the way it things are meant to be. You know, like well, he's not dwelling mm-hmm. with us. The Well, he doesn't want you to have pain. He yeah, does. like Satan hasn't gotten his final judgment yet. You know, like this isn't the way it's supposed to be and it will be the yeah. way it's supposed to be. You know, we always talk about it being so hard as a Christian, and it is hard in the world to be in a world that's totally against everything that Scripture says. And it is hard, and of course, God's given us the Holy Spirit to empower us. But, you know, I think what you're saying is, you know, this is not what God wants. And so many times people feel that to follow Jesus or to be a Christian means that God just is like wants to put us through very difficult times to strengthen our faith, and of course, difficult times do strengthen our faith. Uh, When Revelation uh, was written, when John was written, he was, you know, the only one left uh, of the apostles. Everyone had been persecuted and martyred, and he's alone, and he's by himself. And And literally, because he's on an island. Yeah, and he's on this island by himself in prison. And, you know, it's, I think that, you know, so often we look at Christianity as, like, it's so hard. It's so difficult. Well, this what like you're saying. This was not what God intended. God right. intended for us to to walk with Him and yeah, for there not to be a tear or pain or you know like that's, that's why right. He wants to wipe it away. Yeah, yeah. And when Genesis three came along, and sin entered, which causes the pain and the suffering and the darkness and the struggles, then He's like, okay, I'm coming after you. And I love what you're saying because He did fight. He did. Pursue. He did have a plan. He did have a purpose, which he still does for our lives mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's very faithful to that plan and that purpose, even if we're not. Yeah, and that's why, like, I feel in this moment, I'm feeling a little defense for the Lord because we so often blame him. Like, the reason we have pain is because of sin, like you just said. Mm-hmm. And so often, and I'm to blame. I am preaching to the choir with this. Is we blame the Lord and. Like, God, why did you allow us? Why, you know, this or that? And he's like, I didn't, you know, like he, yes, it's he never is mind still, mm-hmm. yeah, like he's still over all things and he does allow, but that's not God's fault in terms mm-hmm. of like sin is why we have pain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think if you you read in Revelation, there would be the, the people that are uh, crying out the blood of the people that were persecuted in that it literally says, you know, God, when are you going to avenge for our Blood. When are you going to make things right? So even you know the people that are there, uh, warning God to just step in and say, "Make this right," and He does. He makes it right at the end. But you know it's timing, and so often when we're in pain, that's what we want. We want God to step in right then and do everything He can to keep us from not hurting, which is what He, like you said, is what He started from the beginning. And you know we always talk. You talk about. You know the man that you love. I don't, I don't think you've ever had a crush on John, but you know I do like uh, John a lot, though he's pro- he's my well, favorite apostle. <laughs> well, that's good, and I and I'm, I'm sure he appreciates that. But I'm yeah. saying that for John, he you know is called the beloved or whatever. And when John is writing this, and we get to the place where there's he's going to open up the scrolls, mm-hmm. and he sees this. You know, no one was worthy to open up the scrolls. And mm-hmm. and so John begins to just really cry. And, you know, in studying that, I was like, why is John crying so much? Um, because there's no one found worthy to open up the scrolls. And and I think, I think it's because John wanted to be worthy. 
John uh-huh. wanted to be like I'm. I want to be worthy. I, you know, in and they're they're saying there's no one worthy. You know, uh, to open up the scrolls. And John begins to weep. And the angel says, "Now, you know, don't worry about that." So, who is worthy to open the scroll? Jesus, the Lamb. Oh, so okay, that's give, what I thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so then, so why would John? If John knew that he like Jesus was the worthy one, why would he be sad that he's not the worthy one? Or you think he's he's just grieved well, over his he, own sin? We're talking about it's in chapter five, but it's talking about you know the seven seals, and uh, and so John's saying, and he's because he's you know having the Holy Spirit brought him up into heaven, and um, and he's seeing all these things that are happening, and he said, "I saw a strong angel in in verse two proclaiming with a." loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? And no one in heaven heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open up or look into it. And I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book. And then one of the elders said to him, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome and he's, op- he's able to open up the seals. So you know, and then he sees the lamb standing as it was slain. You know, a slain lamb does not stand. Stands. And so yeah. he realizes it's Jesus. But my question is, why would he weep that he's not worthy if he knows that Jesus is the worthy one? I think because we weep because we can't do something when we're trying to do and and we long to want to be obedient or we feel like we're not measuring up to what God is. I think that at that moment, you have to realize that uh, John is having an outer body experience. The Spirit has come up here. He's having all of this, an amazing um, vision of what was happening. And then they, he sees the seal and like it's not going to be opened up. I mean, I don't think he's sitting there reading it from, you know, he, he's in the middle of it. And I think that he's yeah. feeling like, I wish I, I want to do this for God. Like almost like he's grieved over his own sin. Yeah, or his yeah. own worthiness or his own ability to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you realize that here is John, and this is at the end of John's life. So he's he's seen Jesus. He's been with Jesus. He's proclaimed Jesus. He's suffering for Jesus. And now at this moment, when there's an opportunity to do something for Jesus, mm-hmm. he feels unworthy. And it's like, no, no, John, this isn't your story. This is God's mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that I love about what you read at the beginning. Chat, the verse 5 of 21 is, there's two things with it. Is one, that he is seated on his throne, and mm-hmm. these words are trustworthy and true. And I love, like, one, it's like that reminder of, like, he is on the throne. And yeah. he's on the throne now, and he's on the throne then, and forevermore. Like, he's always on his throne. Mm-hmm. And just, like, reminding... Because I think it is, we need to be reminded that he's on his throne and Mm -hmm. that his words are trustworthy and true. And as someone who really struggles with trust, just in, not just with the Lord, but with people, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. like that is like, just trust is something that the Lord is always, it just stands out to me because I, Mm -hmm. I know that I can trust him and I, I need that reassurance. And it's like, not just that he is trustworthy, his words are trustworthy, his character, everything about who he is. Um, I love that. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to and like, he he's has the perfect. Yeah, and he's proven to be worthy. Mm-hmm. I think that 
you know, what you're saying is the whole theme of Revelation. I think a lot of people get caught up is, you know, will the church be involved with the tribulation? Will the church already be raptured up? There's all different views on the dispensation of when um, is the church going to still be there during the revelation? Are we in the revelation? Are we in the tribulation right now? Um, a lot of people get caught up in that. What does the seven seals mean? Who are the, really mm-hmm. the seven churches? Well, the seven churches that are, that John is writing to were the seven churches at that period of time, which I will uh, throw this So in. it's not a future... Um, you know, a lot of people uh, say that, but I. But when he was writing it, that was that. Now we can look at the seven churches and see a lot of characteristics and some of the things that the churches are doing. And one is the church in Ephesus, and he writes, you know, you've done all of these great things. You've, you know, trusted me. You've um, done things in my name. All of this stuff. But he says, I have one thing against you, and it says it's that you've lost and you've lost your love. You're you, you're doing mm-hmm. all of these things, but you're not doing it out of love, which is ironic because when Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, he commends the church at that time about how much they love the love God, their love for God and for each other. So now, over time, Paul is um, has written before to the church. This is you know your love. Uh, for each other and for Jesus really stands out. Now, John writes years later and says to the church of Ephesus, one thing that God's going to hold you accountable for is that you might have done a lot of great things, but you didn't do it from the heart and you didn't do it out of your love for me. And so, you know, a lot of people get caught up in all of those things. But what you're saying, Kara, is really the biggest theme of Revelation is that the awareness that God is on his throne and what you said about God's faithfulness to come and, and rescue us, the fact that you said that God's holy purpose and His intent was always to walk with us, that really is how we sum up the book of Revelation. Yeah. So I do want to get your opinion, and I know that this is your opinion. That's right. So just class, you know, like we don't know Take because it we are not the Lord. Yes. Mm-hmm. But what is your opinion on, you know, like revelation and the years of tribulation? Like, do you think we'll be here and the rapture? You know, like all that kind of stuff. Like, what is your take on all that? I believe that the church will be raptured up. I believe that they will go through a seven year period of tribulation. I would believe that God will reign for a million, a uh, thousand years. And during that time, the Jewish people will have a second chance to come out of uh, the millennium and to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, I think that after all of those times, then I think Jesus comes back. Battle of Armageddon is not really a battle, if you read in uh, Revelation. He speaks the Word of God. The sword of the Word of God comes out of His mouth, and Satan is destroyed. Uh, and then he makes a new heaven. Mm-hmm. That would make sense because of even just with creation, because he spoke and creation came mm-hmm. to be. So that that makes sense that he would speak and it would be Satan would be right. cast, yeah, destroyed, yeah, and 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 cast, you know, into into hell forever. That was what hell was uh, created for was for Satan and his demons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the people that follow Satan certainly will go there. But that's that's my take on I do on want that. to clarify that you, like when you say the church, you mean people who have surrendered their life and said, I believe that Jesus is our, my Lord and Savior for my, you know, all of it. It's not just the church. It's 
like Big C Church, like you, the people who have put their... Right. It's not the organizational church. Right. I just want to clarify that. For, body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they good. will be raptured up. So that's not even... The rapture is not the second coming. The rap in your opinion, no. again, this is all your opinion. Like, we are not the Lord. No, it's not. It's based on Scripture. Right. Um, the rapture right. says that the you know, trumpet will sound and, you know, the dead in Christ will rise. That's not So then opinion. the rapture and then the seven years tribulation and then mm-hmm. thousand years reign of Antichrist. Is that when the Antichrist mm-hmm. is on the scene? You remember uh, when we were staying, he said um, that I would have, that he would reign forever and ever. And, mm-hmm. and, and so... During the time for the remnant uh, in Israel, for Israel, and you can find that in chapter 7, is that 144,000 people will be sealed, and they are from the tribe, 12 tribes of Israel. Um, that does not mean that the number of Israelites that will be saved will be 144,000. It just re- refers to the 12,000 out of each tribe who are sealed from the wrath of Satan and the Antichrist. And so they're called the first fruits of God. So anyway, all that to say, and you can read all of that in, in chapter 7, but it definitely, uh, there will be a time when uh, Jesus will allow peace on earth for a thousand years. And Wait, peace? I do believe that will be a time. Yeah, it will so be the fa- all peace. A thousand years is mm-hmm. is peace, but it... But we won't be here like the no. the but there will be people who will be I don't saved so. during that yeah right but there will be people who will be saved during that time so there mm-hmm. I'm sh- there will be people that's right probably here that are but I thought the thousand years I didn't realize that that was a time of peace so what's the purpose of the thousand years just for the Jews it's basically like another chance for anyone Jews or Gentiles it's, it's to fulfilling come fulfilling a promise remember oh yeah He's well you remember. Uh, you love how he promises, you know, and um, it's definitely, it was a fulfillment. And so all of that, you know, is a thing. And I think that a lot of times people are saying, you know, God, I really, I pray that you would just stop all this sin and all of these, you know, all, we're, you know, I, obviously we're destroying ourselves right now, but I think that it's timing. You know, we always talk about God's timing. Uh, you know, you're doing the Advent uh, calendar, yeah. and you're talking about He's here. Well, I'm not doing that for calendar. Important. Yeah, the reading plan. Yeah. The reading plan, I'm sorry. And so uh, a lot of times, you know, you're talking about, you know, time and how, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, we obviously we're subject to time, but God isn't. But God is, you know, does have a plan. It's not just, you know, hey, I just feel today I like, you know, like to— Right. <laughs> like to do this and that's that. spontaneous. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And so I think that for us to realize that we have to hold on, that's where our future hope is in, is that God w- will make everything right. Satan will be destroyed, which he said he was going to destroy him, you know, in Genesis 3. And and a lot of people, and, and yes, uh, when Jesus died on the cross, he did uh, destroy the power of death, you know, because when you— when you look at Scripture and you see Satan, Satan is the ruler of the world, but he also has brought death into, into the world. And so that's why when you get to Revelation, he says there's no more death. There's no more, no more death. There's no more tears. There's no more suffering. And that's not now. And, and so I think that that's when God fulfills that. But when Jesus was on the cross and he died, 
and he conquered and came up from the grave. The resurrection is his power over death, but it is not and has not stopped the power of Satan among the earth and and, and on the world. world. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, we still have to deal with sin and pain and suffering and, and all the above. Yeah. But, but I just wanted to bring that up because a lot of people are like, well, I thought when Jesus died, he conquered Satan. Well, he conquered death. He conquered and paid the sin for mine and, and your sin so that we will never experience death. We just, you know, God, even in Scripture, Jesus would use uh, death as a, say, sleeping. You know, because mm-hmm. in Jesus' mm-hmm. mind, he's just going to wake up somewhere else. And that's what, right. that's what we do. And uh, that's where I just wanted to clarify that because, yes, Jesus did and was victorious over Satan from the cross, but his final doom is later, and it's in Revelation, which mm-hmm. I do love that. Which, and, that's, and that is part of Advent. It's like we are celebrating the birth of Jesus and, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of what, and experiencing, I mean, because Advent is really, you know, that whole waiting idea. Yeah. And just like they were waiting for Jesus's birth, they didn't know when it was going to come. And then, you know, he burst on the scene, you know, that night in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm as a baby and it's like we are still waiting for that second coming for that for like what you're just saying for that final like we when we will dwell with the Lord when Satan's final doom will come and he knows his fate which is probably why he's mad (laughs) he Mm -hmm, probably why he you know one of the many reasons why he hates us and Jesus but so he knows um, what's coming for him but yeah like that's what we're waiting on yeah and you know Kara um I think you know we're you know we're talking about uh, Satan when I'm doomed and all those kind of things, and you're talking about uh, how to like h- how's all these kind of stuffs going to work. And to me, I don't really need to know that, but I am very thankful. My hope is in the fact that God is going to take care of that, and He's sitting on His throne. But I think we have to really you know understand that that Satan will be totally destroyed, and what we're hoping for and what we're longing for is for Jesus to come back and God, you know, to reign, you know, and walk with us. Well, the Jewish people, that was their view of the Messiah. And so that's why when Jesus came and did not destroy Rome and did not set up his kingdom there, then they that's why they just could not and still to this day cannot accept that but see we see that in revelation so it, it, it is going to happen and so what the jewish people are longing for and what they how they see god as king is a true view of god but he's just right now it's all in timing and he's mm-hmm. he's still king but he's not going to reign forever and ever and until he allows, um, in my opinion, until the last person that will have ever received Jesus as his Savior accepts right. them, he'll come back, and then he'll, yeah. he'll set up his kingdom then. Yeah, which, and I think, like, talking about the kingdom of God, it's like, I think what's hard is there is a visible and invisible world, you know? Yeah. So his kingdom is reigning in heaven. It's just not reigning here on earth, but— his kingdom mm-hmm. is within us, you know, like within us because we are his heirs, like because we've been adopted into the family yeah. of God as believers. So sure. we do represent that kingdom, but his kingdom is not reigning here on earth, you know, like that's right. Am I right? Yeah. 
So one thing that I also think is like so interesting is that Jesus doesn't even know the time. Like he chose uh-huh. to not know. He could which have, I, but he chose not to know. But I think that's so interesting because he is, because he's God mm-hmm. and he's all knowing, but then he yeah. just decided like, oh, I don't want to know this one. <laughs> like that's so wild to me that he can choose that yeah. and he did choose that. Yeah, it's wild to me that he chose to come down from heaven and, and well, die. Yes. He became a well, man. You know, so the, I think that kind of goes along with the saying. I don't know if it was the part of the package, you know, and he and God, mm. you know, discussed this, but it, it seems like it kind of goes along with that. Like, you know, I'll go down, I'll suffer, I will redeem, I will make things right, I'll, I'll justify, and uh, you know, and I'll, you know, I'll carry the sins mm-hmm. of the people. I'll be the uh, sa- sacrificial lamb. And, you know, when everything gets done and everything's done, like, just don't even tell me, like, when, when it's all going to do it. Like, I just want to be fully aware in the mindset of a human, and yet I'm mean, still and maintain who God is. So, I mean, that's—and and I'm really walking on dangerous water because if you read the last part of Revelation, he gives a warning about adding uh, to— what the scripture says, and I don't want to add something. So I don't, you know. So I'm going to go ahead and do a disclaimer uh, in the fact that we don't don't know that. It just knows that when the disciples don't ask Jesus, like, well, when it, yeah. yeah, when is this going to come? He's like, you know, not even the Son of Man knows. So I'm just yeah. going to, you know, quote his word now. When that happened, and when he decided that, I don't know. Yeah, that's, who knows? Yeah, it's not. Yeah. So as we are finishing this up. I wanted to ask, Mm -hmm. how would you recommend, because there is so much in Revelation that is confusing, that is like, I mean, sometimes when we're reading it, I'm just basically skimming it because I'm like, I don't know what this, I don't know what John is talking about. I don't know what he's saying over there. And Mm -hmm. it is kind of wild and all that. So how would you recommend someone to read Revelation who really wants to study it? Well, no, kind of the opposite. Well, maybe both. Like, if you really want to study it, one, but the person who doesn't really, who wants to read through Revelation, but also is like, how do, how do I read through Revelation if I'm not not wanting to like really go into a deep dive? But, you know, like, do you know what I'm asking? Yeah, absolutely. I would say, and I didn't know you were going to ask that question as usual, but I will say this, that if you really want to study it, I would get a lot of commentaries and study what the people have spent their entire life. There's some people that have just spent years and years and years just studying in the book of Revelation. But I'm going to go ahead and do a disclaimer because I've done that. I've actually taught Revelation. I've studied it. I've read lots of commentaries on it. And I will say at the very beginning, you will see people, whoever you study, you will, no matter what denomination it is, they're going to all degree. Some in the same denomination will disagree and have different views of what it is. So if you want to study it in that depthness and want to know what is Babylon and want to know what are the seals and what does it mean and are the seven churches that, uh, similar to that? Yeah, I mean, and it goes along with Daniel. You know, you have to, you'll have to study mm-hmm. part of Daniel, the yeah. end part of Daniel. Um, but if you want to do that, I would get a lot of commentaries and do that, knowing that the depthness of what you study will still be subjective to whatever someone else has, the research or whatever. What I do, and when I really, you know, when I taught it and when I do when I read it is that, and if you could see my Bible, you would see 
a yellow highlight, and every time it talks about the king and the lamb that was slain and the uh, sitting on his throne uh, reigns forever. I, I love, I, a lot of times, Kara, on my knees, I, um, there's actually a song that um, the church, it's the Brooklyn T- uh, Tabernacle Choir sings, and it's called uh, The Song of Moses. And, and I'll sometimes just put that uh, song on because it literally goes through the entire uh, first part of Revelation 15. And I'll, a lot of times I'll get um, my Bible and I'll read Revelation 15, three, uh, verses 3 through um, 5. And it says, you know, and, and, you know, Moses, the bondservant of God and the song of the Lamb, starts saying, Great and marvelous are their works, O Lord God Almighty. Righteous and true are your ways. And I often, when I'm going through a really hard time and trying to have a hard time trusting God, as you, you know, talked about, I look at those and I look at those words and I say and remind myself that God is faithful and that all of his ways, don't make, even though I don't understand his ways, they're mm-hmm. right and they are true. And then, and so I would suggest you go from Revelation 1 to 22, and I would look at all the things um, that it says about God being on his throne. I would underline every time it talks about the lamb that, you know, I would talk about um, victory over the beast and, and look at all of the times that really kind of talks about Jesus being on his throne. Because in reality, Revelation probably is more about worship and about Jesus being on his throne, and he's worthy to be worshipped. So that's how I would suggest. So in other words, yeah, like reading through it and just looking for those, like the things that are over our head that we don't understand, just kind of like either you can read other people's opinions on it through commentaries, or it's almost like just kind of take it for face value and— Look at mm-hmm. the main point of Jesus on his throne. God is coming back to redeem his people to be with us. Like, so is that bas- that's basically what you're saying? That's exactly what I, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just look at the fact, I, I mean, I, this probably not one of the tells more about my heart, uh, but I really get a lot of excitement when I think about Satan being destroyed and being <laughs> cast into hell. So sometimes I like to read yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. And well, then, I, I kind of enjoy that too. Yeah, and and you know, here's the uh, other thing uh, in chapter 19 where it talks about the marriage of the Lamb. He talks about, you asked about the church, what was I talking about, whether it's the organizational church or people that put their trust in, in Jesus. And of course, it is that, but uh, Revelation uh, refers to them as the bride of Christ. So the church mm-hmm. is considered the bride of Christ. And then I just, and I love that it, it says the coming of Christ. And uh, it says, and I saw in heaven opened and, a, and behold a white horse. And he sat upon it called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. And it talks about how that he is clothed. This is about Jesus. And it goes on down. It says, and he is clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And I just feel 
when I read those things, it's kind of like the way when you're reading at the end, it's like, oh, he's, he's wrapped it all up. Here's the bow. We're, you know, we're back where we should be. And the tree of life, by the way, is, is in Revelation, in Revelation yeah. 21. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just like, oh, we're back from the very beginning. It's just like, ah, oh, he's just tied Genesis 1 to mm-hmm. Revelation 22. But for me, and I don't know if it's because I've lived too long, and then I also have such a view of how I feel like the world is right now. To me, where I find my hope is when I look on there and I see that Jesus is going to come back. He's going to make things okay. And I, and I love this. It says, and on his robe that's dipped in blood and on his thigh has been written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I don't know about you, Kara, but I need a God that is powerful. I need a God that is going to make all things right. And I know you love, and and I do too, that God is very faithful and always pursuing me and always wanting me to know who He is. But, you know, it just when, I guess when I see right now where everything seems so out of control, and to be honest, even with all the elections and midterms and all the stuff I see, you know, in the killing of babies, I just have to remind myself all the time, God, you're still in control. You're still on your throne, and I may not understand what you're doing. I don't understand why you allow whatever you allow. I, I, I'm not even going to go there because I don't know. It just brings up more questions than it does answers. And so I think for me, I just kind of have to remind myself on a daily basis that it, Jesus is King of King, and He's Lord of Lord, and He's on His throne, and He's going to take care of everything that I wish He would take care of right now. But He hasn't turned His eye. He, he knows what's going on. He does care, and He will make all things right. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.